Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the boat. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. You're listening to Made in Level Cross, presented by Pristine Auction. I'm Thad Moffat. And I'm Roland George. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Uh, it's my little brother, Mom and Dad's favorite, Harrison Moffat. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Ashton, thanks for joining us today, man. I don't know how special a guest you are, though. Yeah. Everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. Maybe it's just habit. Habit. What's, habit. It, what's it like being this guy's younger brother? Uh, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm going to get a little sentimental. But, I mean, it's like having a role model that always pushed you to be better. And, I mean, I can't ask for a better big brother. Oh, always man. there, always there to do everything I ask him to do. I mean, He's never said that in his life yeah. until you just ask him that. I feel like I should have been straight up. 
<laughs> what kind of flabbergasted? I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was going to say something really fresh and funny. But, uh, well, that's good. So I got some questions for you. I'm going to, I mean, you're more than welcome to ask. This is your podcast, but I thought I'd like spring some questions on, on Harrison. You got, you can react to him because it's not often that, you know, dr- a driver can have his brother on the podcast. Like how many instances do you know that? Right. I don't not much. So, I'll start off real quick by saying Harrison's probably the most funny person I've met here. It's hard keeping a straight face having him on the podcast right now, but love having him around. So I guess the first question, you know, you said your mom and he said you were his, he was mom and dad's favorite. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. For, for sure. Moms. What do you for most, sure what do you most admire about your mom and dad, Harrison? Mom and dad just, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. They're always there. I mean, they take care of us through everything, through thick and thin. They always, and they take care of their whole entire family, both sides of their family. So, I mean, I don't know how to explain mom and dad. They're different than any other mom and dad I know. So, (laughs) y'all know that. Yeah, they're really, their work ethic is really cool and how good they still get along after they've been married and been empty nesters and then back, back to having Harrison in the house for a little bit. But just something I strive for in my life is to just live a life as full as theirs. I mean, they, they wake up happy and they do what they love to do every day and uh, they work really hard at it and they've, they've made a good life for us for sure. And we're greatly appreciative of it. B. Moffat doesn't always stay happy. He's, he is a little aggravation as we like to call it. Aggravation. If that's what you like to call it, (laughs) it gets a little scary sometimes. So for people who we said he's Thad's brother, but, Harrison, you're the runt of the litter. The runt. The runt, right? No, we're no, no, we're still having great or grandkids. There's like four grandkids after. Oh yeah, I'm the original though. Yeah, you were the. I'm the OG. He was the youngest grandkid. Let's rewind. I'm not. I'm talking about the the Moffat family. Oh yeah, you're the youngest. He's the youngest because people may not realize that. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, even if they're aware of Harrison, I think sometimes people think that you're the youngest and that Harrison's your older brother, but it's talk, – talk about the family. Who, who's in the family? Just so his, people can... This is actually crazy. I just had to bring this up. Go ahead. We're talking about this. At his press release, this was the first time this ever happened because he's got the red hair, the pasty skin, and I'm like dark hair, tan, whatever. Yeah. And this lady walked up that was a big fan of Thad's, and she walked up to me, and her husband was like, now are you Thad? And that's the first time somebody's got us confused. <laughs> They were like, they thought I was that, and I was like, amazed. And when they learned you weren't, they were massively disappointed. No, no, they wanted to shake my hand, get my autograph, and everything. They were like, yeah, I was there. I remember seeing you on it this weekend. No, no, at the press press conference. Remember that person asked you for your autograph? Yeah, 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 yeah. Marco, yeah, he's a good guy. I know him. (laughs) (laughs) I was just messing with him. I was just messing with him whenever I said, "You want my autograph?" He's like, "Sure, man." I thought that was legitimate. (laughs) Yes, really. You got it written on your forehead, gullible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when I get to talking to both of you, you trap me. It's like a snare. I'm a helpless animal when when the Moffat brothers get together. So uh, so our family is Bride and Rebecca is yeah. my mom and dad. We have an older sister that really has nothing to do with racing named Helen. She lives in Huntersville or something. That's up there. Yeah, she's up there way. doing her thing. And then it's me and my younger brother, Harrison, flies planes and works at Petty's Garage part-time. So 
let's talk about that because that's what I'm trying to fly planes. I love that about you because that's my background before I got into automotive was aviation. That was where I went to school. It's kind of like we traded. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What made you fall in love with flight? It was actually just an idea. So I went and I played a semester of college football. Hated college football. Nothing like high school football. It was nothing like football just in general. Completely changed my love for the game. And I came home after that, went to RCC. It's a local community college. And walked in. I was working here, like, part-time, too, like I do now. And I walked in, and it was whenever the Burps had their Honda Jet, some family friends, and Grandpa was taking it, and they couldn't find a pilot. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So Grandpa was like, hey, man, why don't you go get your pilot's license? So I was like, not a bad idea. And I uh, got in contact with one of his old pilots, Mikey. And he took me up in one of his aerobatic planes, and we were doing flips and rolls. And flight training was nothing like that, but I think that's what made me fall in love with it. Going up there, going balls to the wall, doing some crazy stuff. That's definitely what made me fall in love with it, living life on the edge. You got all your ratings too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, besides like I'm looking for a tailwheel endorsement. So mm. anybody listening to this, reach out to me so I can get a tailwheel endorsement so I can go tow some banners, get some hours. I know a guy in Long Island, but it's a Even little bit of a drive, yeah. I'm, I've moved along. I don't know if I can live up there. With we'll talk like about you. that afterwards. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you guys something, too. Based on the, this that, that egregious comment you just made about <laughs> the north, right? I get so much crap from being up north from down here. Uh-huh. It's it's offensive, okay? Okay. A lot of your deserved. listeners probably, it's deserved. <laughs> Here, here's here's how I shut people, and this is be very controversial on your podcast. I just tell people who tell me a Yankee and your dad's famous, like, yeah, that's a Yankee saying, or we beat your guys, but okay, we won the war. Case closed. <laughs> shut your crazy. pie holes. I'm here anymore. Right? I'm crazy. We're a bunch of sore losers. That's why we do it. Sore losers. Uh, that's right. All right. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. So yeah, flight. I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool that you know you get you're going fast on track and he's going pretty much almost the same speed up yeah, there. The little archers, yeah, the little archers. Here soon, I'll be going way. Dude, fast. that kind of blew my way mind faster. when we had that conversation for the first time. And Harrison was like, "Yeah, I'll take off at like eighty knots," yeah. and I was like, "Dude, I'm going like twice as fast as you into turn three at Daytona, trying to keep my car on the ground." And you're like taking off in there, like what? I mean, even cruise speed. I mean, in the multi, it's a bit faster, but like in that single engine stuff, our cruise speed could be like 110. Yeah, I mean, 110, 110 knots is like equivalent to like 130 miles per hour, probably. I'm not sure of the math there, but like knots is like one so knot 1. is like 1.2 1. 1. 1. 2 or something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah, hmm. sounds about right. So. so, here's something that when I first started here, what I learned from a couple of family members. So, you know, Thad, you obviously went the race car route, but Harrison actually drove a little bit too. Talk to us about that. What got you into that? Besides the obvious reasons that you guys are Richard's grandsons, and you know, what got you into racing? Me and the go kart dog, <clears throat> straight up dog. <laughs> uh, um, so I raced quarter midgets in Salisbury. We both bought quarter. Or mom and dad bought us some quarter midgets. Dad was a little bit too big for a quarter midget at the time. Dad was a chubby little kid. <laughs> but so I, I went and I raced quarter midgets in Salisbury whenever Thad went and raced these dirt like flat carts but mom didn't want one the flat cart so she did the champ buggies is that what they were called yeah champ buggies that had a roll cage on them because she was scared of flipping and stuff like that mom wouldn't let them race just a normal flat cart and so I did that for maybe a year and a half and then I like kept growing and everything eventually I got too big for the 
quarter midget. So I moved up to the flat carts and then Thad went on to late models. But once I got into those flat carts, I mean, it was like two races every night, 20 lap races. And I mean, we would come home with at least one win every weekend. I'd win at least one of those races, not necessarily at like Liberty, but Liberty's kind of like Daytona. I'll describe it as like Daytona. Mm-hmm. If you're in the lead coming to the last five laps, you're getting passed. You ain't winning the race. But what got me into it was, I guess, just my grandpa. I mean, dad was definitely way more into it than I was. It was probably his idea to even get the quarter midgets in the first place, ask mom and dad. But, I mean, they were like, I was young, so young, I, I didn't really care. I was like, I'll do it if dad's doing it. It's my big brother. So I'd say Thad really is the one that got me into it. And for people, how much older are you than Harrison? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like every time I took a step up, Harrison took a step up. And then I got to racing some ARCA stuff, and Harrison came and run a late model. Oh, yeah. One time. Oh, yeah. And he was doing pretty good. We were at Myrtle Beach, and he was running like the the Challenger class. Limited, Limited late model. Limited late model. And I was running a late mall stock race. And Harrison was, like, pretty good in practice, like second or third or something, you know, his first time ever. And then he didn't make it much past practice. He wrecked. No, I made it qualify. Oh, qualify. He was in qualifying, and he backed it in the fence, like, really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, like the car was totaled. Went into turn one, and like Grumpy was my spot man. I mean, he was just so excited that I was doing so good. He was like, just drive it deeper in there. Because, I mean, I've never been to Myrtle Beach. It was my first time, and we were going to go just practice and race and everything. And he was like, just drive it a little deeper into one. So came around the corner, and I did what he told me. And then I went to, like, save it, and sway board just unloaded. Took off straight into the wall. And it was at the end, I mean, of the, I mean, your racing the, deal? Car, oh, well, no, I went back to racing go-karts, but, I mean, I couldn't – just quit football. I loved football at mm-hmm. the time. And Thad, I mean, gave up 10th grade after JV football. Whenever Thad, it was time for him to move up to varsity. He he said, the heck with school, went all online. And because, I mean, he with the late model deal, he'd leave Wednesday, wouldn't come back till Monday. So I, I, I couldn't do that because I wanted to play football on Friday nights. So I'd still race those flat courts every weekend yep. up until halfway through my senior year. That's, uh, I mean, that's the conversation we had earlier, like, Whenever you ask me about playing sports and stuff and getting into racing, like there come there come a point in both of our lives where we had to like choose, and I just I went full racing, and Harrison decided he wanted to like he just still, he just wasn't as good as me at football. That's what he was. <laughs> he just decided that he wanted to play football and still do like the go kart thing, mm-hmm. and so he still like got the opportunity to race a little bit, but it wasn't like as serious as. Is what I did. And then the late model stuff, I was like, dude, why don't you just come run a late model race? It was like every time I moved up, he moved up. And so, like, I wrapped the car and everything for mm-hmm. his first race. I came and got him fitted for his belts. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I think we rode down. I drove you down there. I'm sure you probably did. And uh, Probably slept the whole way. Then uh, then it didn't go so, it was going good, and then it didn't go so great at the end of it. And that was like the last time I think that you drove a late mile yeah. car. I remember the first time I did, we went to Caraway. Yeah. Open practice. It was like both of us were just running laps. And I mean, I probably ran like 90 laps and I got out of that car and I had no idea how like brutal it was on your yeah. body. Like I got out of the car and I mean, I was like string bean. Like, I mean, I was like, I was a fit dude, 
Definitely. Like, I mean, I played football, lifted weights all the time and everything like that. And I got out of that car and, I mean, I was like about to pass out. <laughs> Had me a little woozy. So who's the better driver? There's there's opinions in the shop. You probably won't know that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll definitely won more go-kart races. But whenever it comes to hitting the lines, we get on the iRacing bad. I go in there and I beat his time once and it fires him up and he gets that little competitive edge and he beats me by like two tenths and there's no way I'm catching him. So in my opinion, Thad would like just lap times. I mean, everything hitting his marks every time is definitely bad. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, but on the road, dude, I can't drive oh, at hell. all. On the road. Dude, I'm he's, the worst street car driver. He's scary. Like, just because, like, I just assume everybody's as good, like, or just knows what's going on as much as I do. And, like, I just run up on them, you know, and change lanes with no turn signal. And uh, say we're driving here, we're pulling the trailer, Petty Drive trailer from here to Charlotte, pick up something or whatever. I grab the old shit handle at least two or three times on the way up there. <laughs> Yeah, and then on the way back, he's tired, he's worn out, so I'm grabbing at least four or five on the way back. I hope the state of North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles is listening to this to, uh, <laughs> investigate. I would say, but yeah, but the racing stuff, Harrison had a little more success than me in the go kart stuff for sure. Um, but there's a lot of trophies in that. Uh, oh yeah, a lot of garage. Checks. That's the greatest here. part about it too. Mom and Dad would pay for my entry fee, and then I'd win the race. I'd keep all the wins. <laughs> when, I, I thought you said checks. Checks, checks. Oh, the yeah. checks. Yeah, that's that's what the I only go kart like, race for like a year. What about year the checks? Like the, the chicks, the chicks. Oh, you didn't want to pick up a chick from the go kart. <laughs> no, dude. Not the places no, we were not racing. The places we were racing. Yeah, those, but yeah. I only. I mean, <laughs> I I only did it for like a year and a half, maybe two yeah. years. How long did you go kart race? Like six years. Yeah, four, six five, years. Five probably. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not like I said. He mostly ran Liberty, and I mean Liberty was like, it's honestly like. If you were leading the race first or second, you were finishing. Yeah, yeah. My very first go kart race, I was leading, led nineteen out of twenty laps, got wrecked, coming to the checkered flag. That's how it was. Off the turn That's four. how it was at Liberty. I, I don't think I, I may be one. Only, I may be only one like one race at Liberty, just because yeah. I could never. I would always be sitting in second place. There'd still be like ten laps left, and I'd just be like jittery. I'd be like, I'm faster than this dude. I'm a passive male. And then it would just come back to bite me in the ass. Guys, your mom and dad, you guys have some video to post on the channels. I got some go kart videos. I think people would like to. In, same with Harrison. I think people would like to see. We uh, went to see that. We went to Party Shack, probably two weeks ago, maybe a little more. And we went to K One Speed. Yeah, but I kicked your ass at Party Shack. He beat me at K One Speed. So K- I was, was going to talk about Party Shack because Party <laughs> Shack was like, do you know those go karts that you just run wide open? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, and it's like whoever has the best go kart or whatever. You don't have to lift. That was party shack. Then we went to K1 Speed, and we had to break and, like, all that stuff. We went with a couple of our buddies, too. They went with us, and, I mean, <laughs> Chandler, he's a, our, we call him our adopted brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he finished dead last every single time. <laughs> like, several seconds <laughs> off the face. And it, uh, it was, yeah. He's entertaining. So, Harrison, if you're not aware – podcast is called maiden level cross i'm aware i'll follow you i'll follow you on spotify (laughs) good you hear that folks do what harrison does we like to talk about what makes people special that you know come to come to level cross work here and then you know those principles they traverse everywhere in the u.s but there's something special about level cross and something that i wanted to bring up between you two was a very special lady that was your grandmother linda 
Can you tell me what you remember about her? Because I hear a lot of great stories and and love that was there mm-hmm. and admiration. So what do you remember about your grandma? Grandma was definitely tough. She passed away whenever I was nine years old. So I don't I don't have as many memories as all the other grandkids for sure. But I just remember her always being tough. Tough love is definitely what I would describe it. Tough love because she she loved you to death, but she wasn't scared to be tough on you. I remember that. I remember this plain as day, Grandpa, we would be wrestling, and Grandpa would be, he'd get you down on your hands or on your back, and he'd put his knees right on your arms, and he'd bend over, and he had he would have a dip in, too, on top of all this. <laughs> and he would do, like, the, you know, like, whenever you have the oh, sure. spit, yeah. and he'd, like, slurp it down and slurp it back up. And he'd be doing that to me, and I'd be screaming for Grandma, and just Grandma, all Grandma would say was, Harrison, quit picking on Grandpa. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Every time, dude. Every time. Me? She was like, y'all quit picking on him. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I would say my, you know, the more my mom, the older my mom gets, the more I see, like, my grandma oh, in her. For sure. I would say that. But my grandma was definitely a big influence on everything that we did, you know, because Grandpa was a race car driver first and foremost, and then a dad. Mm-hmm. And then, and he said that to uh, my grandma to that get started. Sold. He was like, racing's always going to be number one, but if you try really, really hard, you might be number two. <laughs> That's what he told grandma. And she still said yes. But uh, I think that like her job was to keep us all in line and to be the glue in the family. And to like, it was, she was definitely what held the whole family together and what made sure that we were here at a certain time and did what we were supposed to do. That was grandma. That was everything that she did was to make sure that everybody else was taken care of first. She's definitely the ringleader. Yeah. And so she definitely had a big influence on my life and what I still do to this day. And we miss her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She'll be riding along with you all season on your fire suit. So Rest in peace to Miss Linda. Definitely a huge had a huge impact with the family. Let's talk about you two in respect to do you ever have a fight, worst fight you can think of or we were brothers. Like yeah, we, fight, we, <laughs> we hit each other yeah, in the face. I mean, what do you mean? That's expected, uh, but we did you ever have a really vicious fight where you guys we, really We got never really hold a grudge over uh, each other. We would beat the crap out of each other, yeah, and uh, then, like, whoever won fight, we would get, pick the other one up off the ground and go inside. Well, the thing is, is that Thad used to win all the fights because he was bigger than me. <laughs> and then as soon as I got maybe an inch taller than him, he stopped messing with Came me. Came over. He stopped messing with me. But Thad also, Thad also, he's... He's a guy that, I mean, he can sit there and push his buttons, push his buttons, push his buttons. He'll take it and take it and take it until finally he snaps, and then you better get out of the way. Hmm. That's how, just how he is. we got to do that day. on the track, right? Yeah, well, I mean, dude, our biggest fights when we were, like, kids, we would, like, play sports, in yeah. like, in the yards oh, with yeah. our friends or something, and it would be, like, over some stupid rule yeah. or, like, like whether, whether it basketball was Basketball in the barn. Whether it was a foul or not. And yeah. then we would end up, like, punching each other in the face and then it was like all right all right that's that yep. let's get back to playing yeah that was it <laughs> i mean that's pretty much how i mean i i assume that's how most brother relationships are i don't know i mean everybody... i got a brother i i i had a really bad fight with him but you know it's like you said we just picked each other up but yeah we, yeah. Had, we had a bunch of really bad fights though i mean not really bad it wasn't like i wouldn't talk to him for like a week but maybe like 
two, three hours. And then after that, it's like always forgotten, always forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Now my sister, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. If you got in a fight with her, it was like World War was going on in the house. And it was awful between Thad and Helen. Like, they used to get in, like, fist fights, like, over the front seat. And I'd be in the back seat. And I'd be like, what the hell are y'all doing? Just get in the car. Dude. I'm telling you. The yeah. fights with Helen were, like, unmatched. Yeah. She wanted to fight about everything. Yeah. And, uh. I'm a lot different than them. I'm more like laid back, just go with the flow, take your time, do I'm, I'm a lot different than that and Helen. Well, that's good. <laughs> Why is um, that good? Because I said so. Listen, let's talk about um, your favorite quality about Harrison. It's my smile. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see this guy cry at the end of this. No, I think that my favorite quality about Harrison is that he's just, like he just said, his don't give up attitude. Like his, I don't care what happens, I just want something to happen attitude. And I think that it's pretty cool to wake up every day and he's not worried about anything. Like he just, I mean, he might be now the older he gets, but just our whole childhood, like he was never worried about what was going to happen or or where we were going, or, like, even if mom was, like, it's a surprise, and me and Helen are, like, where are we going? What's the, what are we doing? Harrison didn't care, as long as he was, like. She said it was a surprise. Just wait <laughs> yeah. on the surprise. But. You know, that, that was his quality. That was what he did. And, I mean, it's kind of the same way my grandpa is. Every time throughout the years that they kind of got in trouble over here at the race team, his answer was always, it'll work itself out or it won't. Mm. And, uh. I mean, that's kind of the same way Harrison looks at, at life, and I think that's pretty cool. That's that's probably his best quality and one I wish I had where I wasn't worried about everything all day, every day, you know, that either it's going to happen or it's going to work itself out or it won't, and then I'll figure it out from there. Yeah. What about you, Harrison? What's your favorite quality about Thad? The, I'd say Thad's grit. Definitely his grit. I mean, especially with his racing career, this is his first real shot. I think so. First real shot where he has an opportunity to make something special out of his career. And he's fought for it. I mean, he's went up, he's went back down, he's went up, went back down multiple times, and he just hasn't gave up. So right now, that's my favorite thing about him. Good stuff. Eugene, what is your favorite thing? You've known us for a year, 12 months apiece. My favorite thing about your point of view? Yeah. All right. We'll start with Harrison. I mean, Harrison. you haven't answered any questions this whole time, dude. Harrison, besides the fact that we, we share a lot of similarities with aviation, I love talking to him about that. The thing I love about both of you guys and the family in general, you guys are the most authentic, caring, and, and you guys are the type of people that if I was broke down four hours away, you'd come out and get me. But with Harrison, you make me laugh <laughs> every time I see you. I, it don't matter Ooh. what it is. I mean – I think that's a very, that's a rare quality in a lot of people. And you can say people are funny, but if I can just look at somebody and just start laughing, I mean. He's saying you look goofy. You look goofy (laughs) as hell, man. No, That's what it is. I'm just a funny guy. Comedian. I'm a funny guy. I'm going to try stand-up comedy. I mean, the little gang, I call it the Moffat Mafia. (laughs) It's like out of a movie. It's like. Hey, you got to, Harrison, you got to, growing up. You were never a jokester. Like that's why it's crazy. That's what everybody that, yeah. always says. Like now, everybody always says Harrison's so funny. But like they literally, they were like, we would all be hanging out playing two K or whatever, and they would want me 
to start telling jokes because I was yeah I was funny mom, mom or calls, being mom calls Thad her laughter child. That's what she calls that. But I'm She's so serious. Like the older I get, when I come to work, it's like to work, and then I goof off. Me, like, that, that, whenever Thad gets around me and Chandler, me and Chandler are very big instigators. We just we we think something's funny, and then we don't want to do it, so we get Thad to do it, and that's when it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that. Yeah, I, I just I think anytime I say something. Yeah, he instigates it, and then I don't. I don't have a comeback. I just <laughs> flat out. Very big instigator. Yeah. So that was you for for Thad. There's, I was just because Raja just got a ride, right? Yeah. I'm gonna paraphrase what this guy said. I forget who who he was. I don't know if it's his car chief or crew chief, but in a bottle he said, "I've never met anybody who I want to work for or root for, support more than this guy." That is that guy. You're that guy. I've never had more confidence. You're him. I try, man. You're him. (laughs) You are – I got more confidence in you about what you're going to do on track this year than probably anybody here, probably more than your dad too. I'm going to call him out. I got so much faith in you just because of who you are, the way you interact with just anybody. You you don't change. And from a a fan's perspective – from a person's perspective, that to me gets you through life more than anything else, being real. And that's what you are. That's what both of you are. You guys are real people. You treat people with respect and you're hardworking. So now it's getting too mushy here. That's, Thank the, golden, you. that's the golden rule right there. Yeah, it that's is. The, that's the way we were raised. Golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. Yep. yep. And I definitely see it from your parents. I mean, your mom and dad, it's an honor to work for them. And I feel like I'm part of the family. So. That's how you're supposed to feel if you work in level cross. Well, I will say that, you know, ask anybody who's worked for your grandfather, for your great grandfather. I mean, you just had that, you know, what, what is it? The the anniversary or what you call it? The get together you guys have every December. Christmas uh, party. Not the the Christmas party. You know what I'm talking about? The employee, uh, the the annual employee get together. Um, There's not one person that said I had such a miserable time. There were some hard times. There well, were the ones that didn't times. enjoy it probably wouldn't come back, right? <laughs> and eat dinner here, in all fairness. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I, I just when, – when the majority of people say, I well, enjoyed working here more than any place else in my entire life, that speaks volumes, and it still continues that way. What gets me the most about the people that come is that they haven't worked here in 40-plus years. And they still have the attachment to yeah. Lovell Cross mm-hmm. and to the Petty family because of because of their experience here. So I think that's what uh, stand probably stands out to me the most about about that. Well, John Hayworth was here, wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't come this year, but I mean, John he helped here. He, he started. He's the one that uh, got us started pretty much. Yeah, Dad, Dad yeah. started in the quarter midgets out there in the parking lot too. Yeah, John was here. I told uh, somebody that story, and they didn't believe me, that me and you raced each other in the front parking yeah, lot. And I won. And that was, I'm um, just kidding. I don't know if I won or not. <laughs> I think it was more like time trials. We can, say you, we can say you won, though. Yeah, that's what I'm For the record, Harrison won that race. Won yeah, that race. Harrison spun out like twice. Because I was getting after it. It's getting better. Kept spinning out. Next week's Valentine's Day. What are you guys doing? Well, I know what you're doing. What are you doing? I'm going to Daytona for Valentine's Day for my love for racing. <laughs> I'll pro- I'll probably I'll probably spend the day at the at the golf course, or just messing with you. I don't know yet. I ain't made up my mind. 
I don't have no significant others. No. So. He'll be on the way to Daytona with me. Oh. I will interrupt his and Caitlin's Valentine's Day to oh. be in the be in the third, third person. Wheel. Third be in the third <laughs> person in the car. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna stop at every Bucky's we see along Boosies. 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 I don't think that's the way you say that it. That is the way you say it. Uh, we just stopped at we went down to I don't even know how you say this one. Pompano Pompano Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah We stopped at the Daytona Boosies twice. They got a jerky bar in there. They do. Yeah, I'm gonna get some beef jerky. Was like your first time going there? Yeah, that was my first time at Boosies. What is with everybody down here? Everybody. Here's another thing about working here. Nobody's been to Bucky's. Whenever I talk about it, well, you have to understand, dude. It's really inconvenient to stop at a Bucky's when there's eight thousand people in the store. It like it was. He just said. You're going at the wrong time, man. No, he said it, when they stopped at two o'clock in the morning, no problem. Yeah. When they stopped so nice. on the way home, middle of the day, it was like a forty-five minute stop. Well, no yeah. bleep, Sherlock. It's, I mean, two in the morning. Yeah, there's not gonna be anybody there. Two in the morning, we hung out in there too because we didn't have to be. We were like three hours away, and we didn't have to be there till like nine. Was, was the beaver there? Did you see the beaver? Nah, yeah. nah. He was probably taking a nap or something. Mm. It was two o'clock in the morning, but. uh we yeah. did get some beaver nuggets. Somebody beaver brought nuggets. home beaver nuggets yeah. that tasted nuggets. like like a cinnamon That's flavor. Not what you were calling them the other night. <laughs> <laughs> what about brisket? Did you get any brisket? I got there? the we got the brisket sandwich on the way coming back home. It was pretty good. It was bussing. Well, we went to meet them. Boosies. You know, I didn't know what that. That here's another thing about Harrison. Not so much for you, but remember when Alex worked here? Harrison and Alex would drop all these. What are you, a Gen Zer? Is that what you call yourself? I don't. Even, I, don't even I know feel what so those freaking old talking to him sometimes. Well, you should. You are old. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing? No cap. I had no clue what that meant. No cap. And then bust him. That's like, just. That's just. That's just be, being goofy. I don't actually talk like that. I just know it. Just. Uh, what would What would Alex say? Alex would just probably feed right into it. He used to, he no, like, Alex was, no, Alex was saying like he had like a, some slang that he would throw out. Well, there. Alex was from up north too, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was from Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Connecticut. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I asked Thad. I'm starting to ask Thad at the end of every podcast. You got any pearls of wisdom for everyone out there? Because we're definitely having you back. Do you have any pearls of wisdom, Harrison? <laughs> every day, get better. If you ain't getting better, what are you doing? <laughs> That's true. That's pretty much it. There I'm Thad's go. personal trainer now, and every day we go out there and we just get better. You gotta want to get better every day. I lost a bet to Harrison. He did. Yeah, two days ago. He did. Ten dollars. Ten dollars, Richard. Two days ago, I was like about done with my workout, and I was like, "Dude, I'm in pretty good shape. I bet you I can run a six and a half minute mile." And I was like, "Hell no, you can't." And Harrison said, "Dude, there's no way you can run a six and a half minute mile." He's like, "I won't believe it until I see it." So we went to the local high school, and. Harrison says this is an excuse, but I did just work out for an hour straight. Mm-hmm. And then he starts the timer, lap one. Minute. I didn't say it was an excuse. You were saying it as an excuse. Minute and 30 seconds. I ran. First lap. Yeah. yeah. And then he I slowed down it. a little he put, bit. He pushed it too hard on the first lap. And then I slowed so down a little bit. I ran like a six minute and 48 second mile. And he's like, oh, I'm only 18 seconds off. I was like, you still didn't do it. You still didn't do right. it. Absolutely yeah. trash. Man. 18 seconds off. You yeah. still didn't run a six and a half minutes. Trash. Right. Yep. So yeah. we're trying again Monday. We'll try again next week. Are I you, think are I you Dave Goggins to that? You know Dave yeah, Goggins? he's like yeah. yelling at me. I'm yeah. running around the track, dude. Like, can't hardly breathe. 
trying to run a six and a half minute mile. Like, Damn, that's the second place right there. <laughs> yeah, that's second place. He's like if you lose Daytona, it's because you couldn't run a six and a half minute mile. <laughs> Are you running next to him the whole time? You're no, outside. he's standing in the middle watching. I, had, me. I, I took my dog. I took my dog. I had him on a leash. He was running around in circles. I was, <laughs> I was just standing there holding the leash. What kind of dog you got? Little wiener dog. Come on, man. Oh, that dachshund? Yeah, long-haired dachshund. But the funny thing about him is we get him shaved. So we get him like – we got him cut right now as like a line. So he's got like his whole body shaved. His hairs are still – or her, his paws are still hairy. And then he's got, a, <laughs> he's got a ball on his tail. He's got a lion mane. And then we got this one. I call it the Frank Hawk because he's got a mohawk all the way down his back. <laughs> shaved all the way down his back. Just one little mohawk. He really does. <laughs> it's a fact. You're disturbed, man. He loves it. He loves it. Well, you want to stick around for the other half? Not if I, not if y'all don't need me. I'll go suck up some leaves, Uncle Mark. He did that yesterday. Where were you? I was at the golf course. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you want him on the other half? No, I don't care. You're on the other half. Okay. All right. Well, this is the part where we break for commercials. So let's do that. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Pristine Auction is the most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction site. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just $1. And each day, thousands of signed items are available. So you win signed authentic items at affordable prices. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Pristineauction.com is your one-stop shop for all authentic signed diecasts, helmets, trading cards, photos, and so much more of your favorite driver. I got my eye on a Dale Earnhardt Sr. signed NASCAR leather jacket on the Pristine Auction. Might be a little bit controversial with the two seven-time champions, but I think it's a pretty sweet-looking jacket. Sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty cool. Right there. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd rock that. Yeah, it's a cool jacket. Well, Dad, I'm looking at something something you would love. Taylor Swift signed guitar. <laughs> I think I'd be sick if Travis Kelsey was on there too. Like if they did both. Listen, if you get a pristineauction.com, you bid on it and you win it, you can go to the Super Bowl if you got like 15 grand. That's <laughs> no sign. What do you got, Harrison? What are you looking at? I got a John Daly picture, signed John Daly picture of him blasting a cig in American flag pants. I mean, Hell don't get much yeah. more American than that. Upgrade your collection today and get $10 off your first win using registration code THAD. Again, that's registration code THAD for $10 off your first order. Links are in the show notes. For you, it's all about going further, faster. For them, it's about helping you achieve it. That's why at Customers Bank, they combine the best of technology with a deeply human touch. They offer a wide range of innovative banking solutions backed by outstanding personal service, giving their customers the edge they need to take on tomorrow. Take the lead with Customers Bank. Learn more at gocustomersbank.com slash NASCAR. Induction Innovations is the leader in American-made handheld induction heaters. Home to the original mini-ductor for over 20 years, they've been innovating how mechanics can tackle challenges like Loctite, Rust, and so much more. Induction Innovations mini-ductor series will meant to free up components quickly using induction heat. The mini-ductor is designed to help techs cut down on ticket times and say, forget that torch. Induction Innovations, do it faster, do it better, do it safely. Visit inductor.com to learn more. All right, we're back, as they say in TV land. Harrison is still with us. We cannot get rid of him. 
Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, y'all. I said I would leave. Y'all told me to stay. I think y'all might. You are ruining the illusion right now. I think y'all might have a crush on me. Mm, I'm not gonna let y'all throw me under the bus, dude. If I'm driving that bus, you're you're getting run over. All right, I'll remember that. Okay, so next week, yep, it's the big one. Yeah, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. D Day. I don't think you can say that. I know all the like fans and everything, but to win at Daytona, I think Daytona's just luck. Daytona's luck. Listen, Thad's going to win Daytona. Daytona. Uh, Daytona. It's going to happen. Me, Faction 46, Doug George, we're all prepared. We've been preparing for six months for this day. Yep. We're going to get lean. Blitzed in victory lane. I think that I think that we have as good a shot as anybody going down there, and I think that's fair to say. I mean, like obviously, Grant, Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, all these guys have won races there. They've run in their career eighteen times the amount of races that I've run, but I, I don't see why I couldn't beat them at Daytona. I don't see why I couldn't beat them at Atlanta. I think that we have a good shot. We're prepared. We're ahead of the game. I have a bunch of knowledge in my crew chief, Doug George, and our engineers there at Nice Motorsports, and everybody we have to lean on with Phil Gould, Mike Hillman. I mean, we have all the resources we need, finally, for the first time in my career. So going into Daytona, I'm just excited to get there, man. Get there and get started. It's been, when did we sign this deal? Like three months ago? It's been three months yeah. too long. <laughs> it's been three months too long with no racing. And so I'm excited to get this deal started and, and get start racing at Daytona and then go from there to Atlanta to Vegas. And Vegas pr- happens to be a track that I took a liking to the first time I ever ran there. I think I had a fuel pump go bad, so like the results were not there, obviously. But it was, it was a really fun racetrack, really rough. But you can run the wall, you can run the bottom, so – these first three are kind of going to set the tone for the year, and uh, I think me and Doug and Lane, obviously, team owner, we're all ready to go shut them all up, right? That's it. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and then have you, have you decided, like, has there been any meetings? I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but is Bailey and Matt, you got a plan to, to work with them, or are you just, I'm going to the front and that's it? So I think that has it been discussed? I should ask. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. It's 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 obvious like elephant in the room, right? That you're going to work with your teammates always. Well, I guess it's not elephant in the room. I guess that's just how it's supposed to be. But there's 35 other cars out there. You know what I mean? Like you know how hard it is for me to get with one particular person. Now if now if we qualify well and we're all kind of in the same area, it makes it a lot easier to do it. But if Bailey's starting fourth and I'm starting 24th, you know how hard it is to get linked up throughout the course of a race when you got 20 cars in between you? So it's just kind of one of those things, like, obviously, if Bailey and Matt are there and the 45, um, I'm gonna that's who I'm going to work with. I'm going to push them. Uh, obviously, if it's a Chevy or a Ford on the inside lane, I'll, I'll push a Chevy. I mean, that's just – that's what we discussed at our, our team meeting uh, last week. And at the end of the day – if somebody's pushing me and I'm the one out front, that's that's ideal, right? So I think we just need to put ourselves in a situation where we try to get to the front, whether it's with our teammates or without our teammates, we're all trying to go to the front. And uh, everybody likes to run those races a little differently, but me and Doug um, think that 
I mean, the safest place to be is in front of everybody. <laughs> so I can't argue that. I love that when you said Doug was like, "We're we're just we're heading to." The well, front. every everybody else I've like I've had so I've worked with some crew chiefs, quite a few crew chiefs over the years, and like depending on where I qualify, they kind of change their tone. They'll be like, "We'll qualify towards the back," and they'll be like, "All right, we're just going to bail out and go to the back. We're just going to hang out until the end of the day and hope that everybody else wrecks and we drive through." And then I've had ones where. Like I said on the front row at Daytona, and our goal was to lead every lap, right? So it's like, I mean, it just changes. It's it's a difficult thing to get everybody on the same page. But when Doug was like, dude, my motto is go as hard as you can. If you wreck, at least you're on the TV when you wreck and not yeah. <laughs> way in the back sure. driving into it. And I was like, okay, I'm 100% good with that. Going back to like him talking about working together with people. I don't know if they do this, but like in go-karts, wherever I would qualify, the person in front of me or behind me would come up to me just to the trailer and start talking to me and be like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Do they still do that at your level? It depends, yeah. I would say like in the ARCA stuff, they did for sure. I mean, obviously, if, like I said, you have the manufacturers too, right? So like if it's a Ford in front of me, Mm -hmm. they're not going to come over and talk to me because they could care less because they know I'm not going to help them, right? Or if it's a Toyota, it's the same way. Because, like, our allegiance is to Chevy. Our allegiance first is to Faction, then to Nice, then to Chevy, right? So that's, like, who I need to work with to to ensure that if I don't win, my team wins. And then if my team doesn't win, at least my manufacturer wins. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, at least somebody's happy. (laughs) Hopefully it's us. (laughs) Heck, yeah, man. You going to look out for Christian Eckes, your favorite driver out there? Um. I mean, yeah, he's a, a team Chevy driver. I'll push him, but don't be bashful. People don't know Christian is Thad's favorite truck series driver. Dude, this guy is crazy. He loves him. He's got a picture in my. Oh, he put a picture of him in my office. This guy made this up. He, he made did. all of this up. Harrison, go to my office. I've I seen, had, I've seen and, the did, picture. Yeah, I've he did that, dude. I he literally had. I parked my my camper at VIR and he put a Christian Necka sticker on and me. he sent me he he photoshopped like Christian's face on the side of my truck you're a weird guy Roland. yeah that weird is guy. weird that's weird no you know what's weird <laughs> you accusing me of doing that crap. I would never do that <laughs> okay if you go look at my Instagram there is no Christian Necka yeah, sticker you took that picture down you fo- you photoshopped crap without it <laughs> dude God. you're crazy you want to introduce me to Christian when you're down there? I, I will. Okay. I mean, you see, he's a big Christian yeah. Atkins fan. He's the one that was like, he's the Christian Atkins fan. I who, swear. Who are you? Like, who's your guy? He's a Ty Dillon fan. It's like, I like dude, Ty Dillon. when we go to Daytona, he's like cheering for me like 5% and cheering <laughs> for the rest of the field like 95%. That is a fact. That's he, not a fact. I'm cheering for that 100%. He like Noah Gregson. Oh, my God. This guy. Listen, if Noah, Noah is racing against him in the trucks, yeah, Noah's got my vote. Like, full, full uh, blown. It's pretty messed up. It's not messed up. I think it's messed up. It's it's being truthful. Who's your favorite I Xfinity guess, Series right. driver now? Hmm. God. I don't know. Who did you have winning the clash? I, Brian Priest. Brian Priest. That didn't work out so well. No, it did not. But you didn't have anybody. You and Mark. I didn't, have, I didn't even watch. I was driving. I was on the road whenever they raced. This is a controversial opinion. I did not like that race. I think I agree with Dale Jr. wholeheartedly. We should bring back Speed Weeks to Daytona. I remember growing up, I got really excited about Speed Weeks. I don't know, man. I mean, Speed Weeks is Speed Weeks is cool. We grew up the two weeks at Daytona. 
I'm not a big fan of the Clash. I understand what they're trying to do and draw in a new market. Uh, the track itself, I don't think is great. Yeah. The racing, I don't think is great. I think doing something like that, like, what if they did it at Rockingham? I don't know. Or like, I'm a purist. I I think it needs to come back to Daytona. And but it's been at Daytona. Like you're, they're trying to get something new. I I for some reason I think. I mean, I love a lot of things NASCAR does to change the, change it up, but I some things just you gotta let. I mean, with the All Star race, you saw they they moved the North Wilkesboro. I thought it was a good good deal, but when they brought it to where it was at Texas, I mean, that was that was trash, absolute trash. Yeah, it didn't do it. Didn't do. Harrison doesn't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> remember, I don't even remember the Speed Weeks in Daytona. You said that we grew up going Speed to. Weeks. Yeah, oh yeah. Do you don't remember going down there for two weeks to that. start the year? I remember. We that. went down but there for went, two weeks because they raced the first week and the second week. But I went down there just to chill at the pool and. Do all the other fun like stuff. Like my first ARCA race that I ran down there, I ran the Saturday before the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so we were down there for a whole extra week because that was speed weeks. Like the ARCA. So I thought that was nice. I mean, I was vacation mode. I wasn't working. Yeah. I don't know. And they're trying to save teams money, but like when you're, I mean, think about it. Think about like Legacy Motor Club. They sent two cars out there, right? They sent Eric and John Hunter. Yeah. John Hunter's made the show. So they got to send the 43 car back all the way to Statesville. Don't tell me, like, that's more of a cost than just going to Florida. Well, right? think about, like, Colleague sent two, oh, yeah. <laughs> colleague sent two cup bad. cars out there. Yeah. And neither that's of them stunk. made the show. So, like, what did yeah. they make off of that deal? I mean, it cost it. Like, even RCR, the three car got sent home. Yep. The eight car ran good, obviously. But, like, that's. Gibbs that's car it. went it's home. Been, yeah. Spent a lot of money on gas money. Yeah, that's a long drive a to do, to run. Uh, what what is that track? A quarter mile, and they ran three practice sessions, so yeah. they ran about fifteen miles. They drove out to the west coast, ran about fifteen miles, and came home. Yeah, now, I appreciate the effort NASCAR does. I really do. Um, I just don't think. I think it's been done now. I think we can come back. Either I'm not a proponent of getting rid of it completely, like some people are, but I I wholeheartedly agree with Dale, what Dale Junior said on his podcast that. I think it needs to come back to Daytona and call it a day. You know what, though? What about this? This is just a thought. Why is the clash, like, if they were going to do it at Daytona or if they were going to do it anywhere else, like on the East Coast where it would make sense, why is it only cup? Like, being a truck guy this year and having not drove a truck in two years – to have like one warm up race before I go into my first points race, that'd be pretty cool. I, I think it would be cool. Like, I, like, same like thing for X- does like preseason. Yeah, really. same thing for Xfinity guys, or you know, I mean, like all those guys that took the jump from truck to Xfinity yeah. this year. I think from a fan perspective, I think. I mean, we'd love to hear what you know our fans, our our audience says about that. But I think from a economics perspective. I think that's the only thing that'd be holding up an Xfinity or truck team. Maybe not the bigger Xfinity teams, but I mean, I don't know. But I, I like that idea. I mean, I think that'd be great. Will it happen? Probably not. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, so Daytona. We got Daytona coming up. I'm, I'm really, really excited, but I'm also just, I, I want, I want this so bad for you. So, especially from like the sponsor point of view, I want to make sure the sponsors are really just happy. Yeah. I want, a lot of them have never been to a NASCAR race. 
I want them to be this to be the best time they've ever had in their lives. I just want to go down there and win the race. Well, that too. <laughs> but I, that was one like if he wins the race. He wins the race, and then the sponsors come out with me afterwards. We'll have a good time. Oh yeah, we'll have a good time. <laughs> if we win that race, I'll probably have to do a burnout and just apologize to Grandpa and Dale. Yeah, I've ne- I get where they're coming from, but there's something about a burnout that just I don't know. It's great. Yeah, because that car. If I, <laughs> I mean, if I win the race with it, people don't understand. Like when you win a race with a car, it's not just done. Like it's going to go to Talladega right. next year too, yeah. right? And it like you could run it at Atlanta if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now that it's a super speedway, so like, uh, what's Doug say about that? Is even. No, no, we run the tires. Yeah, we have we have different cars. Like our Atlanta car will be ready by the time we go to Daytona. But just people don't understand, man. I mean, it's we. I need to teach you how to do a backflip. Bring back. I was okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say. You got a signature move yet? I'm not athletic enough to do a (laughs) backflip. You know what? I probably am athletic enough. I think I just don't trust myself. My fear is heights, yeah. right? If I'm standing on top of the car trying to do a flip off, you know, I got a race next week, man. If I land on my Break neck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how graceful that would look. I'd keep the helmet and the harness on and then be good. Yeah, that would probably make it sketchier, dude. That like, would, but I mean, it would give you, like, <laughs> give you more You get top you heavy know? when you're flipping, you know, you know what, what I mean? What are you going to do? You're going to just push earth, do some push-ups? At when, the end when I, whenever I win, you'll see what I'm going to do. I can't expose it right Ooh, now. Get a, mood, get, a, get a mood in the crowd. <laughs> what you said, the, hump, the humpback whale? It'd, it'd take it forever to get that fire suit down. Yeah. What'd you call the humpback whale? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Do the humpback whale. That's he not... also does this thing where, like, the parents will be on the pontoon and we'll be on the ski boat and he'll be weightboarding and we'll be just doing laps. He'll pull it out his butt and we'll, <laughs> we'll ride by, but he's like going outside the lake, just mooning him. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing Dad just mooning everybody? For and you know how pacey he is, and like I, you, do, you wouldn't think this, but he does have tan lines. So it's, it's <laughs> after he said it's a family show, and we're talking about <laughs> mooning people. Oh, uh, yeah, this is it's supposed to be PG Harrison. He rolled up the humpback whale. <laughs> you told me about the humpback whale. There's something else I'm really excited to give you, your totem or whatever, your good luck charm for the race. Yeah, you, what is it? I, you'll find out. You'll find out Friday morning. What was it? That, uh, you know, the, I, this, <laughs> I hope this is a good one, Rowan. Oh, it's, dude, it, it's, because, it's good. Because it's let good. me just tell you my history with this stuff. Okay. Every time that somebody has given me a good luck charm, I'm wrecked. Cole Hughes. Cole B-L-R. Hughes. <laughs> Buc- and was it a yeah, he yeah. gave me this – he called it a Buckeye, and he said, you got to race with this thing in your pocket. And it was like a nut, like with a little design on yeah. it or whatever. So, like, I run the race, whatever. I start 20th. I drove, I drove up to six. Four laps to go, I get spun out. I don't know where I finished. Dead last. No, you were 20-something. Yeah, but there's no good, man. I mean, and then the, the bobblehead did work out for me for a little bit. The bobblehead I ran in my late mall stock car, but I had a lucky penny – at Daytona, that I taped to my seat. I sat on the outside front row. Then my window net fell down. <laughs> then I blew a right rear. Then I backed it in the fence. Well, because you got to put on the dash, man. You can't put on the seat. Man. That's, it's precedent. Dale Sr. did it. Austin did it. But this one, this is this is so unique. It's small. 
but it's so unique. And you'll know exactly where I got it from as soon as you see it. We'll it's see. gonna get you to victory lane, right? Okay, it, I hope it is. Every your dad will know what it is. I I haven't shown anybody. Oh, I already know what it is. He just gave it away. It's an Easter egg. No, it's not an Easter egg. Oh, how would that? Yeah, how would it stick to the? It's an oblong shape. No, this one's really. He's gonna laugh when he sees it. Is he it, has seen this thing before, but I, I kept it. So okay. we'll take we'll take a picture for the for the gram. Okay, all right. Let me show you guys. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap things up with some fan questions. All right, and these are courtesy of your fan club. Thanks, Mr. Jim Boyle, once again. Yep. Let's do this. We're talking about race day. And Harrison, you're more than welcome to chime in since you wore the helmet. Race day superstitions. Uncle Kyle had his lucky underwear. I hope you're not wearing what's left of them. Who asked that question? All right. Anonymous. I'm, I'm sure that's the reason why they didn't want to know. Race day superstitions. I do not wear my Uncle Kyle's underwear. That <laughs> is a fact. But I, I don't know that race day superstitions. I eat a big breakfast on race day because. Don't wear green. Yeah, I don't yeah. wear green. I don't eat peanuts. But I eat a big breakfast because I don't want to eat lunch or anything before I get in the car because of the story of DW at Bristol where he had food come up and he choked in the car, and that was not good. How about $50 bills? Mm, not a fan of $50 bills. As soon as I get a 50 I get rid of it. <laughs> race day superstitions. We pray before every race mm-hmm. as a family in the lounge. Yep. I really have never really got into like the whole – some drivers will put their earbuds on and listen to music. For me, I like to be there in the moment with all the sights and sounds and smells and – Everything, you know, like before before I climb in and do my job, that's that's my viewpoint on it. So. Once you get in there, once you get in there all strapped in and everything, I don't know. I, I like, like feel like home. Like I would sit there and I'd be like falling asleep until like they they start up the car or whatever. Yeah. I start up the car. I don't know how, is there any? Do you yeah, do I would. Like? I would agree. Yeah. I mean, like you're sitting, sitting there, in there relaxed, you get your eyes closed. Yeah. Sitting there and you start thinking, yeah. dude, you know what I do, though, that you probably never did. Before we take the green flag, I'll go through like eighty-five different scenarios of what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. When I, I, I get out, I would get out there and I'd get a song stuck in my head, and I'd be sitting there driving and singing. That's yeah, what I would do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But like, I'll be like, man, this—if I get a good start, I'll go high, low, whatever—and never really works out how I thought it would. Yeah. All right, Roland. Good answers. All right, this one comes from Mike Pedal. In Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. See, you got international fans, man. Mike, thank you for the question. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Dad, when you finish a race and it's time to drive home, after driving at race speed for a couple of hours, how easy it to, how easy is it to drive the speed limit? We kind of talked about it earlier in the show. Yeah, never, You're a terrible he, he driver. Never the speed limit. I never drive the speed limit, <laughs> ever. Speed limit is a suggestion. <laughs> also... Also, North Carolina, you hearing this? <laughs> also, I think that like after driving a race, it is really, really hard to slow your mind and body down that much. Therefore, I do not drive myself home from a lot of races. But have you ever? And like, it feels like you're almost like moving slow motion. Yeah, right yeah. I, I mean, I've done it before, and it feels like you're just like crawling. Yeah. It feels like like you'll be running eighty miles an hour, and it feels like you're crawling down the highway. But Lauren drives me home, or my parents drive me home, 
or most of the time somebody else drives me home from a race because of the fact that you just like imagine at Daytona, you're going 200 miles an hour for three hours, and then you get on A1A and you're supposed to drive 35 mile an hour back to the beach. It's not going to happen. Ain't happening. Ain't, ain't going to happen. happen. I ain't, ain't doing gonna, it. <laughs> I ain't going to do Ain't going to happen. All right, well, you mentioned Myrtle Beach. That's where our last question comes from today, from Brian Muigno. Muigno, how would you say that? Sorry if I'm butchering your name, Brian. M-U-I-N-O. With a little... Muigno. Muigno. That means a, like that. a yuh. How do you... Hablas Espanol? Okay. Well, Brian, thanks for the question. We're going on a trip to a deserted island. Each person can bring three things. I'm bringing enough water, food, and shelter for all of us. What you bringing? Brian, that's an interesting question. If we were going to a deserted island, I don't know what I would bring. My dog. Something to entertain yourself. My dog. I'd bring my dog. Why? Are you going to feed him? Yeah, yeah, what? Dude, that's entertaining. That's kind of messed up. Your dog's going to be stuck on the island with you. Dude, that's... And he's a puppy, too. I question your pet owning abilities. Why would you not take your dog with you? He's a puppy, dude. You got to let him live his life. And it's a deserted island. What's he going to eat? Okay. There's only enough water for... Dude, y'all are taking this way too far. Something to entertain yourself with. like. Let him think about it. What would you do, Harrison? What would you bring? Something to entertain myself with. That's what I was just trying to think of. Maybe, like, I mean, we're on an island. I like fishing. I bring a fishing pole. Fishing pole. That's pretty good. Maybe a, a hat so I don't burn to death. I'd bring sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I would. It's protection from the sun. Because Oh, wait, he said shelter, though. So. Food, water, shelter. Okay. Give us give us one. Oh, you know what I would actually bring? I would bring something to build a boat to get off to bring my toolbox. <laughs> Your toolbox. Brian, I would bring my toolbox because, no offense, but I don't want to be on a deserted island in the middle of nowhere for a long period of time. I agree with you. That was a good one. When yeah. I when I went through survival school in the Navy, I always made sure you got to you got to actually bring a few things. And one of the things you got to bring was one of these fire sticks and a knife and some rope. That's what I'd bring. Assuming that you know there's no boat material. While you were you know. fi- while you brought all that, I'd be fishing. Dad be building us a boat, and Dad would get out of there. <laughs> and your dog? Why would you bring a dog to a deserted Actually, island? Because he dog. likes the beach, man. I mean, like I don't think you should. You shouldn't have said dog. Yeah. <laughs> what a stupid answer! <laughs> it's entertaining, man. I would throw something in the water, and he would go get it. He'd probably get consumed by some predator out in the ocean. Yeah, because your dog goes swimming for five minutes and gets eaten by a shark. I don't got a dog, so no, he don't. <laughs> did you hear what he did with his dog the other day? He he saw it on the ring cam. Mm-hmm. Knox just opened the door and just sat on the porch. And- Knox was just chilling. <laughs> yeah. He's just chilling. Is that all the questions? That's all the questions for today, gentlemen. We're going to we get some more questions because we're going to get more followers. We're going to have more How'd you do it? How'd you win Daytona? That's going to be the next week's uh, next podcast question. Well, our next questions will be racing related. Well, it's been a lot of fun. It's Harrison, been real. It's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. Maiden Level Cross. See you later. <laughs> he said it all. There you go. Say it anyway. <laughs> all right. What's your pearls of wisdom for the end of the show? My pearls of wisdom. My pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Got to win Daytona. That's not a pearl wisdom, dude. Word. I don't know. You ask me every week what I'm supposed you to. Got to you got like Bob Barker, Spain, Spain new to your pets. What what you got for the Spain new to your fast, pets? Eat ass, and I love NASCAR. <laughs>
Dude, Harrison should just be part of the, yeah. He no. should just be a part of the show. What should what should my pearls of wisdom be? I'm asking what you. What is that your pearls of wisdom? Spay and neuter your pets. I'm gonna take it from uh <laughs> and have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. But what what is yours? It don't have to be the same thing each week, but it'd be nice. I don't know. Pros of wisdom. Live life like you were made in level cross. I like that. That's cool. With that, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the following, right? Yeah, be sure to like, subscribe, give us a review on all your favorite streaming platforms. and Go find Harrison on Instagram. Follow him. All right. Bombard him with DMs. Follow Daily Downforce. And that's it, right? Boy, that was. Thank you for listening. Time.